Good evening, everybody. It's Thursday, and I am so glad that you've joined us for Star Chat tonight. We may have my friend Robin sign on in a bit. Now she's uh, coming home work from work, and my friend Nathan. I know Nathan has a couple of interesting observations about what happened in Miami. And because I don't cover hieratical media outbursts, I won't be uh, spending more than 10 minutes on that topic because you're tuned in tonight to talk about real-time things, real-time ships, real-time species, real-time information. That's why you're here. This isn't uh, a, a, a chop and edit and slap together documentary film program where you're going to come in and be entertained by somebody else's hard work. Tonight, you're going to be entertained by my hard work. Uh, we're going to talk about some muons and some time chronotons. Maybe talk about time being a particle. I've been working on the design of a muon chronoton collector. And I'll uh, maybe show you a picture of one of the diagrams I've got. Um, a muon chronoton collector is to reach our current observational abilities through spectroscopy and gamma radiation counting. Uh, the time chronoton muon device is a new form of observational equipment that is uh, in download form and it's not uh, mainstream science as of yet. <clears throat> I've seen some interesting images of collectors for particles Particle collectors that I've seen were in the form of a giant onion with thousands of thin, fine layers of copper and gold. Okay, okay. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Oh, Robin, so nice to hear from you. How are you, darling? I am well. How are you guys? Oh, very good. Sorry for the, the rush in here, you guys. Hey, I made some. Uh, Can you guys see me? There he is. Can I see you? Of course, I see yeah. you every time. I see you every time I go to sleep at night. <laughs> okay. Can and you now, see now me? the pregnant the pregnant pause is over, and then I see you on the ship. Okay. On the ship, because you know we have uh, your friends and my friends that are watching out for you and me. Welcome, Nathan. Robin's just joined us. So briefly, let me just finish what I was saying. To hey, Robin. Uh, so the type of part, part doing, of buddy. Sorry. The, no, you're good. Uh, the type of particle collector that I've seen is this giant, uh, very fine, thin layered metal onion. And when you fire uh, highly charged particles together, and they and they meet because you're in a controlled magnetic environment, uh, they send off a, a dizzying array of subatomic particles 
And the benefit of this collector is to track the pathway of those particles. And if you look up muon images, uh, and that's a muon, it's a really fascinating subatomic particle that I do a lot of sort of theoretical mathematics with understanding uh, their development, where they travel and how they affect the particles of time, gravity, light, and sound. That's part of my scientific stuff. All of this is still uh, uh, things that are coming out in both my textbook and my book. Nathan actually is helping me with some of the science projects. Um, and interestingly enough, the more downloads I get about putting together new forms of telescopes to look at something. Let's just call my chroniton muon particle collector a type of telescope or a microscope where I can contain it within a dipole magnetic field and count the time particles. And we'll get into that higher, higher thinking and higher mathematics aspect because this is beyond quantum theory. Uh, it's quantum hypertext and um, quantum hypertext is on a level where you're cloud thinking, uh, doing drawing in universal theologians in mathematics, drawing in universal exchange information about higher mathematics, and you cognate things differently when your neural net starts to behave differently and your brain is communicating with itself just as rapidly as it's trying to reach out to other universal thought programs, then you start receiving all these fabulous uh, uh, very deep philosophical mathematic ideas and ideology. <clears throat> because remember that physics is only the study of measure. Mathematics is the study of how to quantify those measurements. Math, math theorizing or being a math theoretician gives me an opportunity to step out of the box and then step out of the box and then step out of the box and step out of the box. I do a lot of work with the Fibonacci sequence, but more of the Laplace transform. So I am producing physical mathematics models to describe um, higher quanta of math mathematics theology that exists all around us. It's mathematics, connecting to mathematics is no different than a channeler channeling or somebody connecting to you psych psychically or having communication with a spirit being. It's no different because you open up different regions of your mind to connect to the ether. You open up different regions of your mind to connect to the universe. And if you can't, then there's no exchange. This is how you hear the voice of God. This is how you also hear the voice of reason. And you know that somebody doesn't matter who you call them. Somebody loves us very, very dearly. And if they didn't, they wouldn't be poking their nose into our business. Remember that, right? All of the stuff that's coming now in the media is just more of the same. All right, these congressional investigations, those were all bogus. None of that was real. That was all controlled narrative as well. Uh, all of the footage that you see is all controlled narrative. This, you know, they're letting out little puffs and they're only entertaining themselves. So uh, Nathan and I are going to quickly go over the, the Miami event when I get to the Miami picture. He and I aren't spending more than 10 minutes on this because I don't follow uh, 
weird shit, but I have some observations about it because we are dealing with real time events and we don't talk about other people's events. So this is the one time I sort of, you know, Lowell says, Oh, we're not talking heads. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about Miami, but then we're going to leave it alone. Cause if you want to know about what's going on in Miami, I know James Gilliland will probably have something interesting to say about it and whatever he says, I believe. So let's look at this picture. This is a, this is an orb ship, but it's like a bubble or a vacuum. And if you look down to the eight o'clock or seven forty-five region, if that was a clock face and the big brown, the big blue circle in the center was a clock dial, see down there's another orb right there next to it. This is about thirty-three thousand feet, and I photographed this with my Samsung S twenty. And that puffy white cloud there to the left top and the little bit of puffy cloud to the left bottom, that is sky spraying. All right, that's not normal cloud uh, vapor. Those are two different contrails that are intersecting, but they're not normal contrails, the ones that evaporate right away. These are the ones that are actually uh, uh, benzene oil that's been aluminized. And it's... Uh, pretty nasty stuff, but, you know, benzene is highly, highly carcinogenic and they aluminize it with a very fine micron of aluminum oxide and that has electromagnetic connections to the rest of the weather that's occurring in the sky and that's why the blah, blah, blah. Anyways, there's a another... Hey, real quick. Hey, hey, real quick. Did you know that New Hampshire New Hampshire's, uh, became the second U.S. state to ban chemtrails? Ban chemtrails. Last year, tech. I mean, yeah, last year Texas was the first. Far out. Far yeah, out. it's actually uh, Bill one seven zero zero HB one seven zero zero, according to New Hampshire House Bill one seven zero zero. I thought I'd throw and, that in there. And that, no, that's great because these are this is acknowledgement from the system. See, this this is what I call the system imploding upon itself, right? They, all the shit's out. Everybody knows. We don't need to talk about the white hats, the guidestones, the child molesters, or the Illuminati. We all know that shit exists. We don't research it because if you want to connect to it, go connect to it. But for you, sure. You, you know they blew up the guidestones, right? Somebody dynamite. Yeah, I know. And I, I agree with, with uh, Brad Olson. Yeehaw. I'm so glad. You know, <laughs> fuck anybody. Fuck anybody who's trying to put up some sort of tome or temple to how we should fucking behave in the future fuck them <laughs> i know exactly. right so anyway you know what i'm switching hats right now i'm gonna throw go. my rebel hat rebel hat there oh good go. for you i was gonna put my jewish defense league hat on but decided not to rebel <laughs> so um look at the ship now the ship came over this is hermosa beach just a couple days ago looking up at the sky before we got these high winds. Are they, uh, how are you up in the mountain, in the foothills at 50 miles an hour yet? No, it's, it's, it's a little windy, but not too bad. Oh man, we, we were blowing a gale down at the beach. It was a sustained 30 knots for at least five hours. It was amazing. Uh, look at that. There's a close up. So I was filming the contrails and then this ship showed up and sort of its little partner there on the far left lower corner. There it is again. As you can see in this picture, the tiny orb is actually moving closer to the big ship. Right? You see that? Go back. I mean, you know, 
in your own defense, I, in, uh, you you have you have more pictures that are better than this that I've seen. Oh no, this is just recent. Now this is a different okay. type of ship. I've got. Oh look, I've already showed those, Nathan. Well, so okay. this, I only show them <laughs> as they come up, but I got some more footage. But this is real time stuff. So this is a telomere, and that little one is <laughs> is Tinkerbell. <laughs> now the little one is another telomere as well. Okay, but they're connected. And they're checking out the sky spraying going, mm-hmm. But this, remember that the Air Force knows they're there. And if you shoot a telomere, it just disappears and nobody gets hurt. Okay, so here's a wonderful picture I stole off of uh, my friend's site, UFO Matrix, one of my best buddies. And he, he has permission to show everything that I've ever done and to talk about everything I've ever shared with him. One of my closest, closest friends. UFO Matrix. And uh, this is some footage that I shared with Vivian Chauvet when it first came out. This is taken by a gentleman who pulled over in his car on, I think, uh, Washington, D.C. Bridge or flyover. And that's the Pentagon. That's the center of the Pentagon. And he stopped his vehicle on the freeway to film this. And this is a beam of light coming up out of the center of the Pentagon. And it's really good stuff. All right. So when they killed Gritch and they were transporting his corpse to Area 51 or to Nellis, um, they were going through a command change and they ended up with a new commander, Commander Todd Dyer. And Todd is a lovely, lovely man. And he got rid of all the backstabbing and all the problems that the, the boys and girls there in the Air Force were having at Nellis. He's a family man. Uh, he's just a really, really smart guy. I think he was, uh, uh, I think he was in football when he was in college. But Todd's a great guy. And he's, you know, probably 50 years old. And it's a great way to end his career being commander of Nellis Air Force Base. Nellis is one of the most important Air Force bases in the world because that's where they keep all the crypto stuff, you know, all the skunk works planes. But anyways, I was at the time trying to get a hold of Todd because Kim Jim came down and told me that they were moving 37 entities, all of them different. Some of them saying there's grays and blue grays and uh there was ebes that were frozen and they were going to move them for the from the pentagon to nellis air force base for destruction alive or dead well at the time uh there were some really big landings occurring and i had had some direct contact at the time erom came down and these are the photographs i shared with my friend becca b from soul base life and we did. I, I remember when this was going on with you. I remember. Yeah. We so, so Kim Jim said, David, please, you have to go to Nellis Air Force Base and go see the new commander. He's a really nice man. And so, this is coming from, you know, Beyond Earth Sentient. This is from Kim Jim directly. Go see him. And then I started the ball rolling on that. And then Erom showed up and I got her photographs. 
a really interesting sort of purple, very beautiful, very Afri African looking, like uh, really beautiful African girl. But that was her avatar. And I posted those pictures uh, on uh, my friend Becca's site. But at the time, uh, I was reaching out to Todd Dyer and to speak to his adjutant, uh, his personal assistant. They're all really, really super polite people. And when you call up an Air Force base like that and you say, hey, you know, I'm Taurus Ambassador Dave Wallace. I have to talk to so-and-so about this. It's about this. And it's really important. We need to talk. <clears throat> because I was going to urge him to not take receipt of the the species, the poor little things, and not take receipt of the frozen corpses either, and refuse to allow them to put them in a ground and incinerate them with the space-based laser, uh, because we were being watched very closely at that time, and this is about two years ago. So I contacted Vivian. Well, Vivian had been doing a very, very important five-year prayer. All right, so just really briefly, the Dine, the Navajo peoples, and the Hopi peoples, and the Zuni nation, they all have an eternal prayer that they sing. And if you go to any of the, the Pueblo or any to the res, and you go out and you have friends, I have lots of beautiful friends who are Native Americans, and I'm welcome on, on the reservations especially near Rayma. I have a lot of crazy Zuni Indian friends and God bless those boys. They're crazy nuts. And I'll tell you some stories next time we're up in the mountain. Uh, so Vivian was doing this mantra. It's very similar. Uh, eternal prayer. And it was, she told me because she, you know, broke down. I could hear the tears. She was so happy to hear the news. Uh, so she had been doing this prayer to release these trapped souls. As an Arcturan, she knew also exactly what was fucking going on. And so she had been praying for years, all right? My experience was 2015, but Vivian's an Arcturan. She remembers everything. So she was already working on this program to release these entities before Kim Jim even came to tell me to get a hold of Todd Dyer at Nellis. So I got this picture, but look at this. Now, that gentleman that pulled over on the freeway caught photographs of the beautiful entities that were under arrest at the Pentagon. This is at floor 11. This is 110 feet down below the surface of the, of the Pentagon basement. They're at floor 11, and they're five star. There's a star chamber, and they're in a cylindrical prison with an elevator that comes down to one side of it and it has tile floors with a colored line on it and you have to stay on the line when you're down there and then you go to a room that's got a table and two chairs and you know you, you don't have any paper you don't have any paper clips pens anything it's just your uniform you walk in there and you sit down and then one of the doors opens and another person comes out and sits the entity down and then you're able to discuss that's how the pentagon does it Unfortunately, Gritch was treated very poorly. He was rubber hose beaten to death with a black rubber, like radiator hose. Um, so this is the entities. They were all freed. They were all freed. The Pentagon let all of them go. Look at that.
That's Gretch. So it was three years ago today that he was beaten to death. So I'd like to take a minute for all of us to say a prayer to his sweet, sweet soul. I asked the great mother and I asked the great father. I asked the grandfather spirit, the spirit of all humanity, of all the earth, of all the creatures. I asked the spirit of the great creator to come down and to touch our hearts in forgiveness and to touch our hearts in joy, to forgive the poor, sad human beings that would ever hurt anybody, especially a dear time traveler like Rich. May his soul serve a greater purpose for the release in the kind behavior and acts towards our visitors who are now coming in great, great numbers. Amen. So this is uh, my collector. And it has about 25 different electromagnetic and gravitational divergent field. The collector has to be made from gemstone material. And in this instance, um, I have the collector in a in about a, a 35 carat uh, pure blue sapphire. Sapphire is very important. And, you know, like very expensive watches have sapphire crystal tops. And they use sapphire crystals and all sorts of technology. And I suppose I could get a lab-grown one. But, you know, a 35-carat lab-grown sapphire of, you know, uh, it has to be 100% optically pure to be able to pass light photons through it without interacting with the sapphire matrix. So in order to produce this collecting chamber, in order to count time particles, I also have to have an entrance and an exit. The exit on the uh, bottom is displayed in red light. The entrance is on the left and right side of this diagram. The lines that you see are actually spinning, trying to go um, back out through the way that they came in because the time chroniton particle as it passes forward, the energy that's produced with the time particle passing forward produces back energy. The time particle has an up particle and a down particle. It also has a forward particle and a backwards particle. And this is why we can conceive of time travel. Now, Gritch, my friend who was murdered, he was from our future. Gritch is a human being but he's from one of the divergent fields of reality. Now, see, the thing that nobody ever knew about Gritch was that he existed in the human earth reality of the success of this timeline. But because this timeline is not going to pass, and the timeline of Gaia has taken over because we're in the age of Aquarius, had we been in the age of Sagittarius or perhaps uh, uh, Taurus, 
then there would have been a divergent field in this reality, a lot more threat of war, a lot more pain and woe. But we're in Aquarius, and so this has been a great gift from the universe. Many times humanity has come to the point of ultimate technology, like we're building the foundation of a temple, and then when we reach our ultimate evolutionary epitome, the crystal divine image of wisdom is the capstone for the pyramid of our mental and spiritual temple. When we reach that point through evolution, we destroy ourselves, either through our minds or through weaponry. This is the first time in many, many millions of years that mankind has been handed the equal opportunity that's occurred to us many times in the past, but we will not destroy ourselves and we will be protected by both the planet Venus. When the sun has a micronova, Venus will be between us and the sun. And our friends are also going to protect us to make sure nothing bad happens to us. So the red discharge was really interesting because it had to go somewhere. You can only compress so many energized particles before something gives a fissure or a crack forming into your crystal matrix or steam bursting through a boiler pipe. It's no different. But all of that combined energy, even though it's just imagined at this point, theoretical time chronotons. But by using a different type of electrical input while absorbing muons, you can force muons to attract time chronotons because a muon is a direct result of time passing. So as time moves forward, it produces enough energy to maintain a past. As the past falls, because the backside of time has a downtime, then there's an uptime in the past, because the past has to have a future. So when you go forward, you produce the energy that which is required to cognate and to enjoy the past. And the past comes to us in many various forms, in tree rings, in geologic stratification, or in memory or the Akashic record. But with this device, this compression chamber, I can count time particles and understand exactly how many specific particles of time it takes to generate an experience. Because you cannot equate the passage of time unless you attribute an experience. So T over R squared pi E experience equals function T, time. In producing the plasma beam that's required for polymetry, the way to read photons is not to reflect them onto an absorption plate and count the photons with a sensor. The best way to count photons is to fire them upon each other. Now, what I sort of postulate right here is if you look, this is set in an in a image of a tunnel of chroniton waves and muons. These are up muons and down muons. 
just like a quark, but not a chime quark. If we can direct beam focus a bright photaic stream all together at the center, at the same time of bathing this in a muon field, we'll be able to open a time doorway or a gateway. And I understand that this is part of the information about the technology of the gateway craft, which I've discussed several times on interviews with different people, including my four-part series. When I hey, talk David, about the Oculus David, gateway. You know, um, you know, uh, you could try putting that in the, DeLore in the DeLorean. Yeah, right? Can you see that? That's beautiful. That's, that's, a, flux, that's a flux capacitor, bro. That was time wow. travel. In the back to the future in the, in the DeLorean. I just had to add that in there. It's just funny. This is, this is a magnetar. Sorry. <laughs> Ma magnetar is a star that's very, very powerful. Wow. It has a magnetic field stronger than the center of our galaxy. What's the past? But it's a sun. Now, the center of the magnetar is postulated to be a form of diamond. There's a spherical, very, very large spherical pure diamond in the center of the magnetar. The pressure of one square inch of the magnetar is unimaginable. It's almost like our entire solar system being crushed into the head of a pin. Now, look at our sun. You can see the jet spraying. And you can see the orbs that showed up. See the three right above the jet spray? One, two, three. You see them? I just see one. One. That's a light reflection of the sun. Yeah, that's a lens flare. See the jet spray? The long yeah. the one runs from left to right? Just yeah. to the right of the sunbeam. Look, there's one orb, two orb, three orb. See those dark orbs? Come on, man. They're right there. There's the spray going left to right across your screen. There's the orbs. One, two, three. They're below that sun image, you know, the reflection of the sun. Anyways, the reason I showed a magnetar, if you can't see the orbs, no big deal. The reason I showed a magnetar is because look at the sun. Now, I'm totally not interested in people going, I'm a photographer. That's a lens flare. La, 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 la. I don't give a shit. All right, the sun is behaving like a magnetar or a pulsar or a quasar. Mm. And that beam is like the northernmost beam. Look at the one coming out of the bottom. Is your hand okay there, Nathan? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm just moving the picture around, zooming in and stuff. Sorry. Oh, okay. So I'll screenshot that and send that to you with some big red arrows later. Cool. But the look at the top beam and the bottom beam. The sun, look, you have to accept the way light's behaving when you see it. I've taken thousands of photographs of the sun. It only does that every once in a while. So it's not a lens flare. 
this is actually a burst coming off the sun. We've talked about the sun before. You know, get ready for this, people. 30 years ago, it used to be yellow. And you could go out in the sun all day. And yeah, you get a little red. You go out in the sun all day now when it's this diamond white. Man, you get cooked like you've been splashed with boiling hot oil. And you have the worst sunburn of your life. This is bad. I'm telling you, you guys need to prepare your vibrations so this shit doesn't affect you. Because I believe that, you know, by 2033, we're going to be looking at some major changes in the sun and the way we run society. All right. So that is pretty interesting. So this is a pulsar. You see those jets coming out of the pulsar? The top and the bottom, that's the north and south pole of the pulsar. Pulsar, unlike a magnetar, pulses out very powerful, powerful positively charged uh, ions and it sends a light throughout the entire galaxy much like a quasar but pulsars are very very visible look at the sun look at the pulsar look at the I sun find it, i find it interesting how it's pulsating out light and energy and codes Totally. Similar um, to the fashion of our toroidal field does as well. So we're exact replica of the sun. Bingo. And that's why when Kim Jim told me all of us survive and we're living with the trees and the animals and our beautiful children and growing our own food, that they we will know ourselves as the children of the sun. Exactly. Absolutely. And so let's get beyond that. Oh, look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Mm hmm so I won't be talking about specific quantum mechanics or higher mathematics anymore. I just wanted to move you guys through that. But in order for me to maintain my position as an ambassador and engage you guys, I have to explain to you what mathematics theorem I'm working on right now. So it's gone from quantum hypertext and CLPT and CLPF to muon collection chambers, time chroniton collection chambers, counting time and manipulating it not manipulating time anything bad like this this kind of technology wouldn't work for time travel so i'm sorry i love to stick it in a car but it's just not going to happen what this kind of stuff does is help you fold time and space so that you can collapse 300 million light years and release it and be in andromeda within seconds that's what this technology is for. And that's why I'm sharing it because I know that some of the people in tribe are gonna see those images and they're gonna go, wow, Dave's really flipped out. <laughs> but then a couple of days later, they're gonna have an epiphany. Well, what was that last picture, David? What, what is uh, that? This is a really beautiful region of uh, deep space. Uh, the, the ring, the exterior blue ring represents uh, probably uh, an exploded quasar. Mm -hmm. And all those beautiful colors come from the diamond and the pieces of the center of that sun. But that blue energy and that it looks like an opal, doesn't it? Well, this is a massive, massive 
star energized nebula. And I don't know what quadrant of space it comes from, but I do know that that's an image that was recorded, I believe, by Hubble of a of a possible exploded quasar. That's beautiful. Oh yes, very beautiful. Space is very beautiful, but I still prefer the Earth. Um, I had a a skull a couple years ago um, that I got from um, Peru. Nice. Very unique. Very very unique um, um, meteorite stone that um was in the shape of an alien head and um becca actually has it um but when i got it it told me that um it came from a quasar oh wow Um, a quasar system is what it told me that it came from i didn't know what the heck a quasar was i had to research it because i'm like what is a quasar right you know i but that's what it said that it came from yeah quasars are really cool they're really cool now this is the galactic beacon this is um uh, a quasar and this quasar is sending out uh, two very amazing jets of light energy very powerful very healing quasars are a form of light energy that keep the universe in balance and to me they represent a type of healing for the entire scope of the universe there's no point in trying to, and I'll say, and I've said this has pissed off so many of my friends in mathematics and aerospace. There is no point in trying to even waste your time on deciding how big the the universe is. You you can't even stop, you know, throwing styrofoam trash into the gosh darn ocean. Just get your shit together and look at the planet. And it's it's funny because they're all stuck in their own paradigm. Okay, Nathan. What yeah. I heard, what I heard, in yeah. this is like any Sunday in in Hermosa Beach, folks, during the summer. It's like Wilshire Boulevard with bikinis. All right, so here we have over a hundred and twenty-seven police cars from Miami City and Miami Dade, all descending on the mall in Miami because two nights ago there was a an arrival of uh it was it was new year's day or new year's day there was an arrival of entities that there was three of them i heard they were tall there's some really crummy footage but who cares uh what i think is because there were so many people there that you know there's going to be some really good footage coming out on this they just haven't decided to put it up yet and i also watched a interview from this footage this is a snap i took off of ufo matrix and he's got some really interesting people talking on this thing of of witnesses on the night one of them is a british girl who the miami police yanked over to the side pulled her phone off of her and made her delete the footage of the beyond earth sentience that showed up so there was hundreds of people running around and hundreds of people taking pictures The official story during the night from the police department was that there was 50 youths firing off fireworks at each other. Well, you know, there was 10 youths in Manhattan Beach when I was a kid in 1980 firing off fireworks and no police showed up. So, you know, Manhattan Beach is what, the seventh most prestigious community to live in in the United States? They don't bullshit me. I was in law enforcement for four years. You don't call out every police car in Miami and and Miami-Dade. 
to cover 50 children with some firecrackers. Uh -uh. So the first move is to move the police in when there's a large beyond earth sentient exposure that occurs, send all the police in because those are your ground troops. And then the fed moves in. And that's why you have the system of law enforcement, state, state police, then you have the National Guard, then you have the reserves, and then you have the Fed, and then you have the Army. So the police are always the first mobilization force to come in. And here what they've done is they weren't sure if there was a ship or if there was any technology, but they've, they've packed in the boulevards there. And that's really interesting. When you see that kind of move, it means that they're interested in cordoning off that sort of area make it impermeable for other vehicles to go through in or out. So uh, what do you think? Do you think this was a legitimate appearance? Because I heard they phased, they phased in and out. Yeah, yeah. So I've watched a ton of videos, listened to witness testimony. There's people and, you know, the witnesses are interesting. I think it's probably the most interesting. The videos are interesting as well. One video I saw did not look legit. Um, it was being looked like some kind of AI created video. And there was a guy who described that. There's a couple others that looked interesting. Um, the witness testimony was, uh, it, as far as people were seeing them, look. They said they looked like they were going in and out of physical. Like they were, they were looking physical, and then they go out and then back in and out. And I started to think about it. Um, and you and I have talked about this, and we know that um, that our beyond or sentient friends are going to start showing up a lot more in the skies and all over the place. And I start to think about it. What if they decide they want to show up on the ground in a mall would be a great place to do it. Um, they know what kind of people we are. They know how, you know, we're so fear-based and so pre-programmed with fear. And you know, the chances of them getting um, attacked or shot or something is probably pretty high. So if I was like a beyond earth sentient and E.T. decided I was going to be one of the guys to show up on a planet to just to, you know, wake people up and to, you know, um, I would probably want to not be totally um, physical. I'd probably want to. So there's there's a couple of people that mentioned in their testimony how they saw these these beings holding uh, like a box, like a radio, like a small radio box. And um, uh, and I remember reading this book uh, by Enrique Barrios called AMI. And, and in there, there's this little ET guy that... Oh, was, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was the book? You got a little scratchy on the speaker. What was the book called? Uh, it's called AMI. Okay. And, and it's written by Enrique Barrios. And you can actually get it in on YouTube. You can listen to it on YouTube. And it tells a story of this child who comes in contact with this ET and the ET has a little box type thing that's basically does that kind of stuff and, and, um, and other things, you know, uh, it just makes sense if it's true, which I actually believe there are parts of it that are true because of look at the picture we're looking at right now. You, you know, you know, you, they didn't, all the cops in the whole state didn't flood over to that mall just because even if there was a shooting, you know, mass shootings, they don't act like that. So it's, it, this, this was something else going on. Okay. Um, okay. I think you nailed it on the head. There's something else going on. 
Yeah. And, and that's that's great. That's your two minute answer. And I want. Oh, bro! To... I need more than two minutes. No, we're, <laughs> it's it's coming right back to you. Okay, it's coming right back to you. I get two minutes. You get two minutes. We got a ten minute block to cover this because I'm not a talking head. And I know I'll hear something better about it from uh, E. Seti Stargate and you know, James Gilliland's site. So I'm going to tell you what 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 I believe this to be. It's a photo opportunity. And it has ramifications for all of humanity that are far, far reaching beyond anything anyone's thinking or talking about. This photo opportunity was for them to come down, phase in and out and disappear. I was to let people know what I've been talking about, what other people have been talking about as they're coming. This is the landing. They're all going to start and we just had this conversation beginning of the week, didn't we? No, so, so even if this was Operation Maestro from Skunk Works, you know, Lockheed Martin boys with their uh, little blue laser beam, <laughs> even if this was a hologram, like the 90-foot Jesus, if it was a hologram, what purpose does it serve? Absolutely. The only purpose a, a, a black ops hologram serves is to make people think about species from other worlds. This one incident will make every person on the planet think for a moment about species from another world. And that's a win. So whether it's a construct by black ops or whether it's two or three of these very tall individuals that came into phase in and out, this is a blessing. You see it? It's a mess. No, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. This is bringing more light to the ET subject. And people are thinking, are now believing, you know, and this is what has to happen. Right. Right. It's what has to happen. And this is part of your regaining your sovereignty and being able to look outwardly and say, gosh, darn, there sure is a lot of stuff going on with beyond earth sentience, you know, because this is just the beginning folks. They're coming. There's going to be a lot of this and your heart here, your heart will tell you if it's real, but does that really matter anymore? Right? Because there will be real ones and there will be fake ones. But when the ones that you see or the ones that you're near and you feel love and hope, that's the gift. So it doesn't matter how many of these portrayals the Black Ops attempts, it doesn't matter. Because this, this is getting the word out. And it's just such a blessing. So no matter how much they say about it on all these stupid channels, right? I'm about done talking about this, but I'd like to hear any final thoughts you might have because I have another thing that's connected to this that I'd like to share. And then you can also talk about this thing with it if you want. But if you have anything to say about this, I think you're right. I think something very heavy going down. They want, This isn't an exercise, especially with the way the economy is going right now. 
If this was an exercise, the government should have shelled out four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for petrol. Well, it's funny. It's funny that you say it's not an exercise because I'm hearing it was an exercise. It was an exercise in reaction. It was an it, and they're telling me that they did not come down. They were already here. They are here, so they didn't come down, and so they've been walking amongst all people for millennia. So in the time now where the veils have thinned and dropping for all mankind, that you're able to visualize what is before you um, more than what you were able to visualize, say, a few months ago. Um, but this was of um, a reaction of man to portray a feeling or emotion in the collective of the human realm of how they will respond so they may control how um, the challenges per se come come in the future. Oh, wow, that sounds good. Yeah. Absolutely. Pretty much on there. Um, yeah, this is this is great because I'm I'm not hiding my feelings here. I think you know, Robin. I'm not agreeing with you to kiss your ass, and I think you know that. Um, you, you don't are, have to agree with me. I'm just telling you what I'm hearing and what's being. Yeah, I'm just giving you what I'm. If I didn't, so. get, if I didn't get you, and I thought that was farcical, I'd let you know, right? Because I don't give a shit. But no, you're right. Um, they're interdimensional, and it was real. Okay, it was real, and the whole thing was it was planned. It was planned by them. This is not black ops. This is not a FEMA test. They did show up. There was a, a beautiful example of our friends showing up interdimensionally. Nathan, uh, what are what are your thoughts about that? Do you think that could have been an interdimensional appearance for a for a photo shoot? I think Robin's exactly right. That's exactly what she says. All of it, hundred percent. And I guess they didn't come down. They've been here all all along. Like Bigfoot, you know, walks around the forest. People see him disappear. Show, you know, and we can, they're just they're around us all the time. They're just like vibrating at a different frequency or something, so we don't see them. Um, yeah. Well, look at this. So. My friend uh, in Europe and I had this amazing realization about this. Oh yeah, I saw this on YouTube as well. Well, somebody somebody else made a comment in one of the comments about this. Well, only because he posted it, because it's his work, not someone else's. Oh, I got it. Gotcha. Right. It did give credit where credits due. So well, I just saw it in a comment. Somebody had mentioned. So, so over here on the left. Is Skyview's Miami observation wheel with a pin, but where that red dot is is the coordinates for uh, the mall. See the pin, the red pin. So it's twenty-five degrees, forty-six, forty-two, uh, seven north by eighty degrees, eleven, uh, thirteen point six degrees west. And if you flip that around and reverse it, look at that. It's 80, 11, 13, 6, 25, 46, 42, 7. So what it does is it takes us 
to Antarctica to where the people that showed up are probably hanging out right now. Now, if you go straight down from that red pointer, that little white patch, you see the inlet bay there at that side of Antarctica? At the very bottom of the Antarctica picture there? Yeah. Yeah, there's that little inlet bay. Oh, well, there's a, there's a little white patch there. That's McMurdo. That's the U.S. Armed Services friggin' base. The pin drops on the other side of Antarctica. They picked almost the furthest point away from McMurdo they could to, to stay away from them. That's where the pin drops. That's why they went to the mall. Because the mall is like almost like an antipode for that part of Antarctica. Look at this. There you go. There's the mall. Oh, look. That's the, so I went on Google Earth, right? So they're just far enough back from that part of the ice sheet to be within the subterranean mountain region of, they're in the mountains. There's 7,000 foot high rock mountains, 12,000 foot high rock mountains under that ice at that part of Antarctica because I went onto a NASA map that removed all the ice. Now that arm that you see going up, that peninsula up at the top of the picture, that's connecting with Elephant Island and the bottom of Patagonia, Argentina. See, there's that shape. There's that big pointy loopy thing going up to Elephant Island. There it is again. So there's McMurdo Station. And so really that their little place where they landed is right below that long peninsula to the right in the middle of that bay. And then you come inland about 400 kilometers or 500 kilometers. So they're there, right there. You see McMurdo's a little white patch on the left on the other side of Antarctica. All right. Fascinating. Fascinating. So yeah, so they're telling us. And for the people that think in different levels, the people that think of different levels are people that are able to understand how to communicate the message fully from them, right? So they were telling us, they were telling us where they're going to be. They flashed in Miami. They got international attention. And then with the coordinates of where they came down to do a photo shoot, they told us, if you want to talk to us, here we are. All right, check this out. This is a screenshot picture I shared with Lowell. This is Toad. Watch this. Whoa! See that loop? And then right back at it. <laughs> Let's watch that one more time. Whoa. Is that, did you take that video in your yard? Yeah. I think I remember that. That's pretty cool, man. It's probably acknowledging that you, that it, you know, you. 
Yeah. So he showed up, but I was saying last week, I was saying, you know, I heard him going, David, David, come outside. <laughs> and that's what I got. Then my camera shut off. So you get what you get. You get what you're given. Yeah. Oh, there's an alien. <sighs> What's the name of that cat? That's my cat, Dr. Bombay. He loves helping with folding the warm laundry. Dr. Bombay. Right. So, all right. So that's Dr. Bombay. He's saying hello to everybody. God bless the creatures. So I think that whole thing in Miami, I'm done talking about it. So the only thing I wanted to really bring up, God bless you, Gritch. The only thing I wanted to really bring up was that whole hoot nanny about, I think it was a, you know, I think it was a photo op. Do you know what? Like you said, whether they were real or not, a lot more people are... <laughs> It's it's cool. Either way, it's cool. A lot more people are looking at it and going, wow, I think, you know, aliens are real. You believe in aliens? That's what they say. You know, that's what those people say. And right. it's, all the witness testimony, I, they're all co confused acting and they're like rubbing their faces and going, uh, and they're just like, it's, yeah, it's great. I think it's great. Whether, whether it was not real or not, whatever. To them, it's real. And it's getting so much attention, and this is what we want. Right. And so what we want to do is bring attention to all of the hope, bring attention to all the care, bring attention to all the healing that's occurring right now. All of our friends love us very much. And on that note, we're going to uh, give Robin a couple of minutes if there's anything she'd like to throw in before I hang up the channel for the evening. Robin, are you there? Well, I was just um, going to say, you know, it really doesn't matter if you believe in them or not, because it's like I, I always say about Jesus. It doesn't matter if you believe in, in him or not. He existed. And so you can have whatever um, explanation in your own mind of what was happening, but the truth will be revealed in, in no time. And um, if you really want to know the truth for yourself is to breathe in and ask yourself within what is the truth of any situation, because your highest of loving will always tell you what is the truth. We know everything within already. And all we have to do is go within and speak to our own God self and know and remember all that is within us and communicate to our highest of loving. I love it. It's so good. And on that note, we're going to say adieu. Everybody, I'd like to thank you for coming on to Star Chat this evening. This has been your most gracious and benevolent host, David Wallace. And I would like all of you to have a wonderful week, wonderful night, a wonderful day tomorrow. Because when you wake up, you were given a gift of life. So tomorrow morning when you wake up, say, thank you, life. I love you. You guys have a great night. Peace out. And it's been lovely to see you. Thank you for Star Chat. See you next time.